very happy to have attended today's rally at Parliament Square, the Together Against Anti-Semitism protest. Many, many people there, familiar faces from the Jewish community, but also so comforting and heartwarming to see people from all communities. Pakistani Christians in solidarity with the Jewish community. As you'll hear, it was explained to me that if you have a Pakistani passport, you can't visit Israel, which for Christians means they can't go and visit their holy sites in Jerusalem. I'll also talk to Al Murray, the pub landlord. Well, that shtick is a little bit disenabled, isn't it, at this time where mainstream politics is pervaded with extremism. We'll hear from Al in just a moment. Many friends will know about Damon Lenzner, of course, the activist who's out there on the streets countering anti-Semitism with so many other valuable friends from within the Jewish community. And then finally, a very interesting guy called Jonathan Silberman, who is standing for the Communist League. He's a Jewish guy. He says he's more for the workers than the Jews. He's not anti-Israel. He thinks that Israel has a right to exist. And he is fighting anti-Semitism on the far left. Go figure. At least give him a listen. So let's start with Judge Robert Rinder, one of the keynote speakers at the rally, who gave this very, very personal, very uh, emotional, very, very painful speech, which really set the tone for the rally, with thanks to Sussex Friends of Israel for the audio. It is a tragic reality that not long ago I stood on other ground. It was on the ground of Treblinka with the last survivor of that camp. And as I stood there with my mother, just the jagged suggestions, just the memory of what was underfoot, the last survivor placed his hand as my mum and I said Kaddish, the memorial prayer for what had happened. And as he reached around and touched my shoulder, as I was about to say the names of my family, he said, no, this is not for you. This is for Kol Yisrael. This is for every living Jewish person and for all of the people of the world to remind the world of what happened. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, what ended up happening there under that sordid, vicious ground of Treblinka um, didn't start there. Underneath that ground, with the jagged suggestions of what had taken place there, the last survivor of Treblinka, the last eyewitness. As he prayed to the world, this would never happen again. What he understood is that that horror didn't start there. It started in anti-Semitic tropes. It started in dehumanizing Jewish people. It started when people shared platforms with those who called for the genocide of Jewish people. This is not about politics, but there are certain things that disqualify you from leadership of our country. <laughs> whatever your racism, whatever you do, when you call for the death, when you stand shoulder to shoulder with those that call for genocide, when you support the tropes that started as cartoons and ended up in the ground of Treblinka, oh, oh. You are disqualified from leadership of our country. So I'm at the uh, Together Against Anti-Semitism rally and I have found the Pakistani Christian community standing in solidarity with the Jewish people. Can I ask why 
you're here today, sir. Yeah, uh, we are uh, uh, an organization. Our organization name is Pakistani Christians Voice for Israel. And as evident from the name, we are Pakistani Christians and we are supporting uh, uh, the Jewish community and the land of Israel. And uh, we have uh, mm, teaching from the Bible that we need to bless Israel. And uh, uh, on that grounds and on that basis, we support and we bless Israel. We bless our Jewish brothers and sisters. And on top of that, we also uh, request and we are struggling to get the uh, permission to uh, get the right to go to the visit Israel from Pakistan because on Pakistani passport it is uh, written uh, that uh, uh, nobody can travel uh, to Israel. So we are fighting for that as well. We are claiming our uh, basic right so we can also uh, go to our uh, go to the places, go to the holy places uh, where the all Christians uh, belong to to see and visit them. And uh, uh, today uh, from this platform, uh, I as a chairman of Pakistani Christian Voice of Israel, I would like to request everybody, uh, 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 the Asian community, especially Pakistani community, all around the uh, world to support Jewish community. They are our brothers and uh, uh, we should uh, biblically and morally. We need to support them and we need to bless them. And that's why today we are here. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Can I ask you, gentlemen, what it is like to be a Pakistani Christian in a overwhelmingly majority Muslim country? Can I ask, is this the reason why you live here? Uh, yes, sir. We are basically... It's an open, open space, open to whatever you want to say. It is very okay with you. Nobody against you, but in the Pakistani barriers... You can't go out of the circle. If you go out of the circle, the problems are coming to you. So that's the reason. That's why we are here. What warning is there then in a society which reduces you to living inside your own community? What lessons can you give to the world when you say things like that? When in a religious talk, in a religious talk, it is a very difficult, if you say something you understand against them the biggest problem you facing the uh, sentence of death people are gathering killing you meaningless you don't want to say what you have to if either you are right or wrong it's not a matter matter is this they are muslim and you are christian we saw some tragedies terrible tragedies in on easter sunday in sri lanka yes. terrible yes. which must make being a Christian yes. in the subcontinent, yes. absolutely without future. Will there be Christians in Pakistan and Sri Lanka in the next generation? Yeah, that's actually the uh, biggest concern for the Christian community, specifically living in Pakistan, because we have so many constraints. There are political constraints, there are laws which are anti to uh, practice Christians there, uh, uh, to uh, practice uh, Christianity there. And uh, there are other uh, mm, uh, social and other uh, limitations, economical uh, limitations. So uh, on that basis, all Christians wants to, if you open it, if the Western culture like UK and USA and other countries open uh, 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 and ask the Pakistani Christians to come out of Pakistan, I'm telling you, 100% are coming back here. And nobody wants to stand there, nobody wants to stay there because we have so much uh, uh, limitation yeah. and discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to say, what a, what a bonus your community would be 
to this country. Definitely. And I, I think that if uh, we can bring Pakistani Christians to Britain, I think they'd make a massive contribution to this country. You know, you know, we would like to uh, request you if you can help out in that way. In Pakistan, persecution is at peak. If you see any kind of World Watch report or uh, Amnesty International, any report, so you will find that Pakistan is the main uh, cluster, which uh, main area where the Christianity is struggling. And uh, it's not only Sri Lanka, Pakistan in many churches, bomb blast, yeah. many people Burn. have given the uh, burnt uh, uh, alive and there is a blasphemy law, which is the biggest uh, uh, danger for our community. And people have been persecuted, people have been taken uh, as a, on a wrong basis. So they are tried to be persecuted for, for that law. Ladies and gentlemen, our next speaker needs very little introduction at all. She's an actress, she's a writer, you'll know her from television, you'll know her from radio, you'll know her from EastEnders, you'll know her from Doctor Who. I give you Tracy Ann Oberman. It's amazing to see so many people here today. Thank you so much for coming. I looked to the political class to sort it out. I saw them as the grown-ups to march in and deal with it. But no grown-ups marched in. I started to see anti-Semitic, almost Nazi-esque tropes in the most surprising of places. Places where I would normally feel at home. At Glastonbury, three years ago, there was a poster talking about the evils of the Rothschilds and how all global ills stemmed from their control. No one took it down. Murals approved by politicians who should know better. Holocaust denial being advocated. I personally have been told that the Holocaust is exaggerated, that the numbers don't add up. If your family died in the Holocaust, why are you still here? Someone posted to me last week. Pictures of blood-sucking aliens grafted onto Star of David's being reposted again and again by activists trying to reach as many people online as they can. Swastikas daubed onto Jewish artifacts put out with political messages. Jews and money, Jews and cabals, Jews controlling things behind the scenes, powerful rich Jews controlling, trying to manipulate global concerns. I was seeing this popping up on my screen regularly. I was accused of it myself. When I was four years old, my parents took me on a day trip to the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem, to Yad Vashem. I was far too young to take in or to understand what I was seeing, but I saw picture after picture of pits full of bodies, a pile of children's shoes, of teeth and hair. I realized that this was the end game of unchecked prejudice. This was the end game of institutionalized anti-Semitism, of racism, and the finale of when good people close their eyes and do nothing. In my student days, I marched against Clause 28. I stood with Viraj Mendes. I marched against South African apartheid. I fought against misogyny. I have always stood against my friends, against injustice, and persecution. This is what I was taught. This is what I believe we as Jews have been taught. And I think that what has been the hardest thing to realize in the UK in 2019 is that normally when a minority comes under attack, you listen to them, you hear them, 
you protect them. What has shocked me is that we haven't been listened to. I've been told by countless strangers, by friends, old friends and colleagues, that what I have experienced isn't true, that I have an ulterior motive for speaking out on anti-Semitism, that basically Jews are not to be trusted. We have a right to be whoever we want to be. This is our home. We don't want to go anywhere. We don't have to go anywhere. We have a right to be here. We have a right to feel heard. We have a right to feel welcome. And we have a right to feel safe. Thank you. Bravo. Brilliant. Brilliant. Al Murray is here. Al, first of all, thank you very much for your solidarity today. Oh, well, the, the least I could do, really. And least... why are you here? What is it that has struck a chord with you? Well, um, oh, gosh. Um, I suppose my history with anti-Semitism is a, is a, is I, I dated a Jewish girl eight, eight, nine years ago. Love her, lovely, lovely woman. It didn't work out. There you go. And until then, I just thought that this didn't exist, that, that a stake had been driven through anti-Semitism's heart by the events in the Second World War, and that that surely meant this was over. And it, you know, it had been discredited, if you, if, if you want. And, but this couple of years when we were going out with each other, I, I saw this thing that I didn't, didn't think existed anymore, that it, that it was still there and it was still absolutely real. And then what's happened in the last few years is, is that it, is it, is it's, you know, it gets compared to a virus. It is like, an, it's like a contagion, an infection. And people quite clearly, there's a thing, there seems to be a thing going on where people are adopting a lot of, the, a lot of these terrible ideas and crazy, stupid ideas because they think that that's the discourse they should be using now. That seems that appears to be what's happening, or what seems to be happening on social media. People suddenly tooling themselves up as anti-Semites to to to, to exp, often to explain the anti-Semitism, you know, because of course it's got that. It's like a Mobius strip, isn't it? Yeah. People people say, well, Jews are lying, but that to explain away the anti-Semitism, which is of course anti-Semitism, one of the old tropes yeah. and all this sort of thing. So just seeing it emerge um, uh, it really uh, sort of um, red in tooth and claw in the last three four years has been it's absolutely horrifying and I thought like I say a thing I thought we'd yeah. I think I thought that it was gone was over was finished so it's leaked into the mainstream and certain frequencies certain tropes are out there they're public I have to say I'm exposed to them for the first time in my life yeah I can't believe some of the stuff yeah, well, that's believed well, well, well it, it is, the thing is is a lot of it is simply it's simply uh, ridiculous it's com com completely ridiculous some of it and yet people hang on to it um, I, 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 and I mean the other things I think that's, that's really interesting is, is how ill-informed people are about about it and so you, you see anti-semitic arguments rehearsed by people in public and they don't know that that's what they, they don't know that that's what they're doing because they've somehow haven't got around to finding out uh, if you if sort of me so yeah I mean it's I mean it's really nuts most of it is the, is the other thing you could put a, a, a hallucinatory state racism, racism after all is essentially a hallucinatory state yeah. you're, you, you're hallucinating that people are different to each other in magic magical and unique ways and you know and the other thing, and the other thing, I think that's, that's really been interesting about watching anti-Semitism flourish like this is it's the oldest 
races, so it's had the most practice. So it's got, the, it's got the, you know, it's not just, it's not just sort of uh, physiological tropes like a lot of, like like a lot of um, uh, anti-black racism. It's, it's everything. It's like it, 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 it's, it's sort of multiples upon multiples of ideas about what Jewish people do and are capable of and all that sort of thing. I mean, I'm, like I say, like like just like I mean, I agree with you completely, Johnny. It's sort of it's crazy most of it. Can't believe. It. Yeah. Now, um, I have many friends, non-Jewish and Jewish, in the entertainment business, uh, comedians, uh, musicians, and uh, everyone seemed to commune together until 2015. You must have lost friends over this. Well, there's there's some people I'm going to have to give a wide berth to. Um, I'm not I'm not a confrontational guy, so you know the thing I'd rather do is come is come to this, show up, show my face, show solidarity, rather than try and duke it out with people who've made up their minds about what's going on. Finally, Al, <laughs> what are you going to do with pub landlord in um, these times of extreme politics? Well, it's, um, it, it's the maddest thing that I have an act that was on, a, on the fringe 20 years ago and is now completely mainstream. mainstream. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that does make me laugh. Al, thank you very much. It's indeed. my pleasure, John. Damon, we've never uh, spoken before on tape. It's great to see you here, and it's also great to see such a diverse range of people, not just Jewish people here. Famous people from the world of entertainment, just been with Al Murray, Pakistani Christians, everyone's here. Yeah, it's diversity, right? and it's the, the attacks against us now. And the attacks against us from the right, we've always been able to deal with. You can stand against that, you know who the people are, and we can deal with them. This is a totally new attack against us, new to us. It's not new to the left attacking the Jew, but this is totally new. And it's being recognized now by other communities that what starts with the Jews doesn't end with the Jews. We've seen it, the Hindus and the Sikhs have stood with us for the, over the last few months, and now that's, that's spreading out. This, this hatred is, is just not something that's British. And thankfully, British people from other communities are joining with us. David Collier said to me in my podcast with him last month about Labour being the most toxic and extremist bunch of candidates that he'd ever seen in a general election. He said that the battle is over. It is a generational battle for the Labour Party. Um, that even if Corbyn does go, even if he does lose the general election, there'll be 30 or 40 MPs in his colours and name from Friday the 13th of December. Yeah, that's, that's the scary part, but hopefully they'll be in a minority. I've still got many friends. I've got a very good friend who's actually standing for Labour down in Plymouth. Obviously, I lived there for 19 years. I've been to her house for dinner. I go to football with her partner. You know, they are good people, old school Labour people. They can't drop that tribal Labour. They couldn't be anything else. Um, but you're right, it, it is generational. I think there will be civil war in the Labour Party. If, if what happens, what I hope happens, there's a, there's a total landslide Tory victory, there will be that civil war in the Labour Party and hopefully Corbyn and his cronies will be history. Finally, Damon, what do you say to your Plymouth friend? People amongst us will say that they're enablers. At West Streeting and Jess Phillips, they're just thinking tribally. You know, free broadband, throw the Jews on the bus. What do you say to those people? As it happens in the last week or so, David Collier, myself and my friends in Plymouth who are part of the Labour Party down there have had a Labour anti-Semite expelled from the Plymouth Labour Party right. or, sorry, suspended uh, further to investigation. So they know what's right and wrong. They know what's right and wrong. And they're the good people that will 
lead the rebirth of the Labour Party from the ashes of what Corbyn destroys. Can you not put them on the Mayflower? <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a great city with some good people, Labour people as well. And, you know, yeah, we have lots of discussions. They know they were real Tom Watson fans, to be honest. Um, and I can see people staying that understand they, they need to lead the rebirth of the Labour Party. Damon Lenzler, thank you very much. Thanks, John. Well, I like to engage with absolutely everyone, and I have in front of me Jonathan Silberman from the Communist League. You're standing in the general election. You may lose your deposit, but you're on what most people would consider the far left, and you are absolutely against anti-Semitism. I regard anti-Semitism as a as a poison and a deadly threat to both Jews and to working people more generally. You know, at times of capitalist crisis, targeting Jews as a scapegoat always arises. And it arises because of the Jew money myth. It's perpetuated by middle-class forces on the ultra-right and on the left. And we're seeing it today perpetuated by the leadership of the Labour Party. It holds the idea that if you're against Jews, you're against capitalism. So it undermines the possibility of united working class struggle. And that's, of course, what the Nazis did. And it's, and it's what all anti-Semites do in order both to target Jews, but also to undermine the possibility of united working class struggle, which is so necessary today. Very, very admirable that you're fighting anti-Semitism on the far left, but this is not going to attract many Jews, is it? Well, on the contrary, I think that the only solution, because, you know, I, I heard a lot of the speeches today and people said, it's, out, it's astounding that in 2019, we should be having to fight against anti-Semitism. My grandparents in Germany in the 1920s, my grandmother said, there is no problem, we're assimilated. There is no problem, this Hitler guy is irrelevant. But they found to their cost that as capitalism went into deep, deep crisis, the poison of Jew hatred meant that the pogroms that they and their ancestors had, had met reappeared. And, and, and this will reoccur as a, as a crisis of capitalism deepens. And you know, when they open the gas chambers or when they engage in pogroms or when they beat Jews up in the street, they won't ask which class you come from. They won't ask whether you go to shul they will simply target Jews, like they did the rabbi in Stamford Hill last week. Jonathan, where do you stand on capitalism? Do you want to deconstruct the whole sort of, of society? Are there any good things about capitalism? No, I don't think there's anything good about capitalism. I, 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 want, to, I want to end capitalist exploitation. I want to end imperialist oppression. I want to put working people in power. And, I, and here's the point. What they did in Cuba was tremendously important, including for Jewish people in Cuba. Cuba is a place where Jews practice their religion freely, where they practice their culture freely, and where Fidel Castro uh, explains the right of Israel to exist, where he 
uh, after going to Iran to meet with Ahmadinejad, who is a Holocaust denier, he invited Jeffrey Goldberg, a journalist for the Atlantic magazine, to come to Cuba so that he could answer Holocaust denial and explain how the only way of uprooting all of tyranny and oppression is by overthrowing the system that continually perpetuates and reproduces tyranny and oppression, which is the capitalist system. So you're pro-Israel. Um, you and Corbyn are on completely opposite ends of the Completely opposite so ends. So would you say he's far right? No. I think he's, he's on the left. He's a horseshoe. And I, he's here's, one of those horseshoe guys. I think that the... Here's the thing, is I don't consider, it's a strange thing, I don't consider myself left-wing. Right. I it's a strange thing. No, okay, I, think, I think that the left, the middle-class left, like Corbyn, like the Communist Party, like the Socialist Workers' Party, like all these organizations who defend Corbyn and who argue that this is just a, a conspiracy of of, of, of anti-Labour Party people to undermine Labour support, they, they do not, they deny that anti-Semitism is a poison and a threat to all working class people today. This is something that the left shares with the right, in my view. But I heard people today who said, you know, that British values, Mervis, you know, I, I, Mervis said that anti-Semitism is sanctioned at the highest levels of the Labour Party. I completely agree with that. But then he said it was against British values. But that's not true. The Aliens Act of 1905 was a targeted Jews. Winston Churchill was an anti-Semite. Britain stopped. Oh, oh yes, oh, Churchill. Churchill said oh. that Jews were a state within a state who brought oppression on themselves. Oh. He said that the Bolsheviks wanted to create a communist state under Jewish domination. That's Winston Churchill. And remember that the British government throughout the 1930s blocked Jews coming here who were fleeing Nazi Germany. They blocked Jews going to Palestine when they had the mandate in Palestine. My family. My grandmother was a very courageous woman. When after my family came here in 1933, my grandmother went back and in an undercover way brought Jews to this country against the line of the British government. This is not, this is practice. And of course the royal family, as we know, you only need to watch The Crown on TV right now. The royal family harbored deep anti-Semites. Maybe so, but Prince Charles invited burghers of the Jewish community to Buckingham Palace just days ago in an act of solidarity. He did Winston indeed. Winston Churchill said, some people like the Jews, some people don't, but no one can deny what a fantastic bunch of overachievers they are. I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of the message we got. He was a supporter of Balfour's declaration. And yes, that, you that, know, that, that, that I've is... I've never heard this before, Jonathan. Well, you, you, you need to... Um, you know, somebody mentioned today, correctly, that Jews were expelled from England in, in 1290. 1290. They were let back in by the equivalent of the Communist League that existed in the 17th century, which was, was Oliver Cromwell, who led a revolution in this country right. to overthrow feudalism. Right. He was the, he was a, 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 like the, he was a, 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 a Robespierre and he was a Lenin, Cromwell, uh, in his time. 
and 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 we want to do the same thing and equality freedom of speech freedom of expression and and freedom of all cultures all peoples jews are not a faith community as jeremy corbyn said they are we are a people the jewish people are a people who have the right to their own homeland and they have the right to practice whatever religion and every any ideas and and for us we regard defense of the jewish people as part of a broader defense of all people all peoples and all religions on the roads to unifications which all goes to show that when you're standing at a rally like this you just never know who you're standing next to reach out your hand shake theirs and find out what their story is from this extraordinary edition of jolly gould's jewish state it's back to you